What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. Before we begin today, I'd like to shout out former podcast guest and one of my best friends, Scotty Miller, on getting drafted this past weekend. Scotty went in the sixth round of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good luck at the next level, Scotty. I'm pulling for you. Okay, back to the show. Thank you all for taking the time out of your busy lives to listen to this show today. Whether it is your first time or your 48th time listening, thank you for tuning in. If you like the show, please share with family and friends. And, as always, if you don't like the show, please share with me. Also, if you have a moment, please leave me a rating or review wherever you listen to this show. And, go follow up Before You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. My guest today is Brian Sorgenfry. Brian is the campus minister with RUF at Ole Miss. He's a father of three and an avid CrossFitter. Brian loves working with college students and bringing people to the faith. What I love most about Brian is the energy he brings to the gym and life every single day. He is one of the most encouraging people I know, and you can really tell that he is passionate and fully invested in the work he does. Want to know how Brian became a minister and what led him to a life in the church and how he found CrossFit? Me too. Let's go. good good uh good workout with the jungle this morning yeah. always leaves you feeling good yeah it's good you know you guys got a good crew over there they're uh they're a lot of fun so yeah it's good it's we're good. all we're all just following sam's lead so. Sam, sam's the leader amen <laughs> <laughs> so i got a question for you today okay. hypothetical situation you know i like my hypotheticals yeah I don't... so if you could go back in time and okay. you could bring back any dinosaur to be your pet what would it be wow uh, and why? Connor, I can honestly say I've never thought about this before. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm going, uh, I only know about three dinosaurs, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going pterodactyl. I mean, you can make up a name, yeah. I'd probably believe you. Yeah. I'm going, uh, I'm going pterodactyl. Uh, uh, they, if they can fly, they seem like they could take care of themselves and maybe it, maybe it wouldn't kill me. I don't, you know, I don't know. What about like a big T-Rex? Wouldn't that be awesome? It would. Where would you put it, though? Pretty much all my dinosaur knowledge comes from Jurassic Park. So, yeah. And T-Rex eats somebody. Velociraptors seem pretty pretty vicious. Pretty mean. So. <laughs> I gotcha. Could you ride a pterodactyl, though? They're that big? That's a good question. Uh, I would. I mean, that would be a goal. Let's put it That'd that way. That would be a goal to try to ride it. So. That's cool. So... Never thought about that, Connor. There's a new part of my yeah, soul. You learn something explore. new every day. That's right. So, uh, so where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Actually, in Jackson proper. Mm-hmm. So, born and raised. Is that the biggest city in Mississippi? Uh, it is. I think it still is. So, How many people live there? I think if you combine Jackson and like Ridgeland and Madison and all that, it's I think it's like 300,000. Mm-hmm. So, I could be wrong, but... That's decent size. Yeah. Is that the capital? It is the capital. Yeah. So, you've obviously never been, Connor. I have. Oh, okay. We've driven through once. We went to New Orleans oh, for okay. a CrossFit competition. You've passed through. We stopped once at the Whole Foods. Yeah. It's all right. I could be totally off. Watch Jackson only be like 100,000 people, and I just <laughs> greatly exaggerated. 
So, uh, what was what was life like as a kid for you? Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, my um, I've got one older brother. He's three years older, and we grew up. Uh, I mean, of course, we fought uh, quite a bit, but uh, usually on the athletic court or uh, around Nintendo. But uh, but actually, really good friends. And my parents. Um, the older I get, the more I'm thankful for them. Uh, especially as I have kids now, and realize like this is a lot harder than I thought. And they they really uh, loved me well, supported me, um, and so. I just, I grew up in one of those, which I feel like are going away, but neighborhoods where I could ride my bike to three of my closest friends uh, that we all went to school together. And that's just like, I'd come home, finish my homework, ride down to Robert's house. And so I really loved it for the yeah. most part. That was like me. We, I lived with like 10 of my friends. And so we just ride our bikes. Just I'm glad to hear that still happens. Just in, yeah, just wreck havoc. Yeah. All day long. Oh yeah. I mean. Now I look back, I mean, really, like I'd tell my mom, I, my mom had no clue where we were. I mean, I'd just be back for yeah. dinner. So. Those are some of the best memories, though, for sure. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Still yeah. playing sports and stuff. Sure. So growing up, well, I mean, you know, tolerated school, lived for hanging out with my friends and playing sports. That was pretty much Is your brother taller than you? He is not, so. Really? Uh, he is uh, about six feet, about six four, six five. Yeah. so. I passed him uh, when I was in high school. That was a big day. So, so what sports did you play? Uh, I played everything growing up. I mean, baseball, basketball, kind of anything. I mean, played football a little bit, but really by late junior high and senior high, I just played basketball. That's what I loved. So, what position did you play? I played. Um, it was interesting. I really didn't grow until tenth and eleventh grade. So, uh, I was a guard. Like I was a guard point guard in junior high but then I shot up and started playing post, yeah, like Michael post Jordan. wing didn't this mom like put salt in his shoes or whatever <laughs> uh possibly <laughs> and then he grew a bunch I think about the only comparison of me and Michael Jordan is uh we both played basketball so <laughs> that's, that's about it I think he was a lot better than I was so who was your favorite player growing up uh, this is why I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan. Fa- favorite player was Dominique Wilkins, uh, also known as the Human Highlight. That was the Jordan era, right? Yeah, he was pr- a little before Jordan, but yeah, it was definitely right. around the Jordan era. So. so were the Hawks pretty good? Uh, no, they're, they're pretty bad. So. Really? When were they good? Uh, they've never really been good. Uh, they well, four or five years ago, uh, they finished number one, and uh, oh, that's right, they had a little run. Yeah, they, they wouldn't do good in the playoffs. That's right. They had the kind of they tried to emulate the Spurs uh, and do the kind of the team ball and they do get in the regular season but then they could never beat yeah because I remember that's when the Bulls were pretty good like with Derrick Rose that's right and they, that's right. they couldn't beat the Bulls that's right. I remember I was at one of the games yeah <laughs> playoffs um, yeah, appreciate so, appreciate you reminding me of that yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so did you play basketball in college I did not so I came to Ole Miss uh, oh you went here okay. went here yeah. I, and I wasn't I mean. I'm slow. Uh, about all I could do. I mean, honestly, I, I played private school Mississippi basketball, which means, I mean, it was fun, but we weren't playing the big boys of public school. And That's weird, because isn't usually private schools the better? Uh, probably not in Mississippi. Hmm. Mississippi kind of has a, has a pretty strange history with, uh, that has probably a lot of racism in it of where, yeah. why private schools started and. Yeah, really I can sad. See that's a problem. Yeah, and then it created, but it really has created a division. Um, but I wish wasn't there. But 
no, so a lot of the best athletics are in public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to Jackson Prep. I mean, it was good basketball, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm slow and can't really jump. I could kind of shoot, and so about my only I I might could have played somewhere at like Delta State. Yeah. Or, but, Did you ever want to? Uh, I mean, when I was like in sixth grade and seventh yeah, grade, like everybody I told everybody I was going to play in the NBA. You know, yeah. um, before I realized there was. Who did you compare yourself to, Larry Bird? Probably Larry. Uh, <laughs> uh, or like, uh, I, I would like to say, I, I like to emulate Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, just yeah, kind of the big Dirk. fundamental yeah. out there. But, so, no, so I, yeah, I, I never, if I if I would have played, it would have been somewhere small, and I'm still not sure I would have played. And mm-hmm. at that point, I think you, you've either got to, um, I've got to have athletic scholarship to go to college, which is that's some people's situation, or I better just love it because if you play a sport in college, I, mean, I had some friends who did. I mean, it is it is your whole life. Yeah. I mean, it is wake up play and so. Yeah, that's it. And I just grew up a diehard Ole Miss fan, so yeah, I came here. Yeah. So what went into your, your decision to come here? Was it always was it just a no brainer? Yeah, I, man, Connor. I wish I could tell you. I really thought a lot about where I was going to go, and but I grew up coming. I just grew up a diehard Ole Miss football fan, basketball fan. My brother went here, and a lot of my friends uh, were coming here. And so maybe I applied one other place. Maybe I applied Alabama, but yeah. maybe I think that was probably just to make the school counselor happy. So um, <laughs> Was Ole Miss ever good in football when you were growing up? Man, they were not. So Yeah, they don't have a very good history. No, it's not. Not much success if you go past 1962. <laughs> no, so which... Again, you know, talk about some uh, racism. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that once uh, integration happened, all this got worse. But yeah, we're getting better. But. <laughs> yeah, definitely getting better. But it doesn't also doesn't help when you play in the best conference. Yes, in the nation. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but like. Almost it like it just always seems like uh, tragic things are happening whenever we get close to winning. So <laughs> yeah, like a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Um, so yeah, what did you do here? So uh, I was a marketing major. Uh, so uh, enjoyed it fine, but I, I mean, most of my college was school. Uh, played lots of intramurals, uh, whatever sport was out there. Uh, I mean, played basketball all the time at the Turner Center. Could you dunk? Yes. Can you still dunk? Probably not. <laughs> Have you ever tried? <laughs> I mean, I haven't tried in a while, so I doubt it. So okay. I think those days are beyond me. Uh, and uh, was involved with the campus ministry called RUF that I'm part of now, and uh, and really just hanging out with friends. And so when, when, you came to, when you came to Ole Miss, did you see yourself doing what you're doing today? Oh, Some sort of, no way. What did you so. see yourself doing? I don't really know. I mean, something in business, something with people. So, I mean, I've always liked people. Sales. I don't know. I mean, I went to the business school thinking, do something in here with economics or people. Or, mm-hmm. And so, Did you ever want to start your own business? Uh, I fantasized about it a little bit. So, I don't know what, but... Do you still think about it? Uh, yeah. I would more like to... Like not alone, but with 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 some people, uh, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So where did you go after school? So, um, my let's see. 
really, honestly, my senior year of college, I was a marketing major. I didn't want to go to grad school at that time. I was just, I was tired of school. And I was really involved with this campus ministry called RUF. It changed my life in, in many ways. And and so my campus minister, he had just said, hey, like, why don't you go do this internship with RUF? Because um, I think you love it. You like being around people. He said, I think you'll enjoy it. And then after two years, come back and get your MBA. Because uh, he said, the things you'll learn in this ministry internship is just will help you in life. Um, and I was dating what is now my wife. She was two years behind me. Mm. So that seemed like a two-year yeah, while she finished up. Perfect. So, yeah, I, so I went to Auburn for two years and did an internship with uh, campus ministry um, and ended up really loving it. Okay, so I want to back up a second. Yep. So did you grow up in a, like a Christian family? I did. So, yeah, definitely. So, my, I mean, my parents, I grew up in the church. Um, my parents loved me. They uh, talked about Jesus and the gospel with me and... For long as I've, as long as I've been aware, I mean, I've at least known who he was, and um, but yeah, I, I just a lot of stuff I don't think started making sense until late high school and college, and so I feel like that's how it happens with a lot of people. Yep, you can't really understand it until you go through certain things. I agree. So. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's one of the reasons I love working with college students. I think a lot of times in college. Um, I think students are finally willing to be honest. I think they're willing to ask questions. I think a lot of lights are coming on about yeah. what am I really doing. And mm-hmm. I think another thing is just maturity. Definitely. Totally. Because when you're a kid, you kind of just read, like, you read the Bible and you kind of read like the picture book version. Yeah, like, absolutely. All these stories and you just kind of memorize them and yep. don't really think twice about it. Absolutely. It's not until you get out in the world and see what other people think. Absolutely. Because not everybody thinks what you think. Yeah, and a lot of times it's in college, first time or may I see you're interacting with people and you're like, oh. I don't believe what I believe, mate. You know, is this actually true what I believe? Yeah. You know, if you never have those moments, then mm-hmm. I'm not sure you really have thought through anything. Mm-hmm. So. so do you remember a moment in college when you decided that ministry was something you wanted to do? Not really. Um, it probably was more during the internship, like when I was working at Auburn with the campus ministry and just uh, building relationships with students and leading Bible studies and fumbling through all kinds of that. And I mean, just not knowing what I was doing, but still enjoying it mm-hmm. and learning under a campus minister. There wasn't this, like, moment of, like, aha, this is what mm-hmm. I've got to do. Honestly, I, I probably believed people around me more than I did myself. Uh, like, I've got all kinds of insecurities. I just, yeah, I mean, just, I never, I, there's plenty of days I don't, I'm not even sure I should be doing this, but people keep telling me, <laughs> uh, no, God's at work, keep on. So I feel like it was more like, a thousand many decisions uh, ending up where I am and probably fighting along the way and mm-hmm. making all kinds of mistakes. So, so what, were you, what exactly were you doing at Auburn? So Auburn... Uh, we like to call it Auburn. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so what an RUF intern basically does is build relationships with a lot of freshmen or people that are not yet involved or not involved with the campus ministry at all. Uh, and get, get to know them, try to get them connected to the campus ministry. You lead Bible studies. You talk about what's going on in their life. There's a study program that you're doing yourself with books and Bible. And so, I mean, it's a 40 to 50-hour mm-hmm. job that you're doing every week, but it's almost like a college schedule. I mean, you're doing a lot of stuff at night. And yeah. So. 
So you just, and not making much money. Yeah. <laughs> so you just always with people, like connecting with people pretty yep, much? Pretty much. Not really by yourself too much? I mean, yeah. I mean, you would be at night yeah. and stuff like that. But So you met your wife at Ole Miss. Met my wife at Ole Miss. How'd you meet her? She's awesome. Uh, she met, honestly, mainly through the campus ministry we were part of, RUF. Uh, just ended up having some similar friend groups and then... Uh, I was a houseboy at a sorority, and it happened to be her, so oh, wow. I started manipulating when I would show up at the same time that she would, and, you know. She thought it was accidental I was there. Classic and, chick. Know. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Every time, 11 o'clock lunch that she was there, I was there, so. Uh, so after Auburn, did you come back here right away? No, it's after Auburn. Uh, I went to seminary, so that's okay. the grad school I went to uh, in, in, back in Jackson. It's called RTS, and that was four years yeah, what do you do there in the seminary? <laughs> I know. Uh, you take a lot of school, and you write a lot of papers. Uh, that's when I found out that grad school is different than undergrad. Uh, under worse? Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it more. Yeah. It was a whole lot more work. Uh, I, yeah. For better or for worse, I kind of regret the way that I treated undergrad. I, I figured out how to make good grades, but I'm not sure I actually really learned. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's just a difference between being a good test taker and actually learning material. And yeah. I, I figured out how to like cram short-term information, take a test. Sadly, if you probably gave me that test like a week later, I'm not sure I would have done very well on it. But that's what I had. So yeah. that's a whole different discussion. But but yeah, grad school, I don't know. I actually enjoyed what I was learning. And so it's, I mean, what? You take, you take a class on every book of the Bible. Uh, you take every single book. Well, I mean, it'll be like this semester you'll study Genesis to to Deuteronomy, uh, or this semester you know this class will be the Gospels. But yeah, every single book. Uh, so, then, on that note, what was what's the worst book like, to <laughs> learn about? Like, just you just have no idea what's going on. Uh, I mean, I think uh, a book like Leviticus. Yeah. Okay. Which, you know, I'm not presuming everybody listening to this reads their Bible, which is fine. But if you ever like, if you ever do like a Bible reading plan, you try to read straight through, like Leviticus always kills your Bible reading plan. You're like, what the heck is going on here? And, uh, <laughs> and then you just quit. <laughs> yeah. So probably something like that, because it's foreign culturally, uh, it's, you know, 2,000 years ago. And sometimes I don't even understand what uh, mold in a den has anything to do with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Revelation? That makes your head spin a little bit. Yeah. Revelation's awesome, though, man. Yeah. I think. It's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, not crazy. It's just... No, it is. I mean... Yeah. But Revelation, here's... I see, you didn't have to turn into a Bible. Talk. <laughs> I Most of Revelation is not talking about one day, someday it's going to happen. Most of Revelation is talking about present history uh, since. But isn't that different, like, beasts and animals in there? Sure, but most of those are symbols uh, for uh, for something else. That's amazing. So, I, I mean, I think there's people that would disagree with me. So, huh. But, yeah, so it's uh, it's a lot of symbolic writing that's using very vivid communication mm-hmm. to, to tell us what's going on here. Yeah. My favorite of anything is anything that Paul wrote. Or his crew. It's yep. easy to understand. Yeah, <laughs> they I, just tell you how it is. I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I like simple stuff. So. Yeah. So, all right, where, where were we? <laughs> yeah. You brought it Revelation, you man. Were, <laughs> so. You were somewhere in ministry. Yes. Well, we were talking about seminary and what you study there. Oh, yeah. sem- seminary. Yeah. Yeah. 
Bible, you take theology classes, you take preaching classes, things like that. So, so did you ever take classes with an opposing view? Uh, like looking, you know, like when you write a paper, you always kind of write like... Yeah, I mean, like you would take... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so you would, you would look at uh, other religions and things, but I never had a professor in seminary that was an opposing view in the sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody... The seminary I went to, uh, there was a similar theology. Mm-hmm. So. so, did you get taught with how to bring all different types of people, like, to become Christians? Like, do you learn how to like techniques and bring, say, like an atheist to the faith at all? Uh, not really techniques. I mean, I'm not really sure there's like a technique. I, yeah. I think we're um, getting a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I really think people. Coming to know Jesus is a work of God uh, rather than us. So, I think I think there's a lot of techniques to try to manipulate people, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, which I don't like at all because uh, yeah. it doesn't treat people like people. So, yeah. I think most of the ways that people come to know Jesus is through relationships with others uh, and being exposed to His truth uh, mm-hmm. and actually treating people like they matter. So, yeah. Yeah. to get out of seminary school. What happens next? So after that, uh, I, I got married right before seminary. Uh, and so we had one child, and we uh, get called to uh, by essentially a network of churches to go do RUF. Uh, so I get ordained as a pastor and get sent to Mississippi State. Uh, and I'm the campus pastor at Mississippi State for eight years. So from 2000. Nine to 2017. So what exactly does that mean? So it means that essentially, think of what a local church pastor does right there. Uh, they're to care for their congregation, to uh, to love them well, to uh, teach about Jesus and about who we are. And So, but a college campus, uh, you can't really plant a church at a college campus for many reasons. Uh and so, really, the founders of REF said, okay, well, what does it look like for the church to be on campus? Because, I mean, a campus is basically a city within a city. Um, yeah. And so, the founders of REF said, well, let's send a campus minister to campus uh, to build a group, uh, uh, to get to know students, uh, to care about them, to learn from them, and to and to teach and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, How long were you there for? I was there for eight years. So oh, wow. Did you come it. here after? Came here after. How long have you been here? Been here for two years. Oh, wow, so pretty recent. Yeah. Is this where you want to be? I, I mean, I hope for a while. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Is this like your goal to get back here? You know, I'm not sure I was that thoughtful. I mean, I loved Ole Miss. Uh, love Oxford. It's got plenty of problems. Uh, but, yeah, um, when they talked to us about coming back to Ole Miss, uh, I think most people thought like, oh, well, of course, Brian wanted to do that. But we honestly, we love, I love Starkville. We love State. We had great friends. Mm-hmm. So I got at work there. But the main reason that we came was I loved working for RUF. And we just kind of got convinced that if we, if we made a change, we came back here, we could do RUF for another five or seven years. And so, was them. Yeah. So, I hope we can. Have you heard of Willow Creek? I have heard of them. That's why I'm... That's oh, why yeah, I'm, absolutely. So, you know, like Bill Hybels? Yeah, I know Bill. Well, I mean, I don't know... I don't know it super well, have you but... Heard, like, heard of him? Absolutely. Have you ever met him before? I've never met Bill, so... Oh. 
Bill probably said, Bill has no clue who I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering because like, usually people know about it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Huge. Oh, yeah. Very changed the game. Yep. In a lot of ways. Yeah, they're a paradigm shifter and, uh, for, for some of just what it looks like to be a seeker church. Yeah. So It's huge. Yeah, I don't know. How big is it? I don't know how many it holds, but there's three. There's, there's two decks. So there's an upper deck. Wow. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. That it's is, huge. That is like, large. Yeah. So how did you find the gym? Well, all right. Before you say that, okay. what was your fitness life like? Like in college and all through this time before you got here. Okay, uh, I mean I've always played sports. Uh, I, re- I mean I guess I've kind of even when you got out of college, did you play in like rec league? Yeah, stuff? even when I got out of college, like I would play. Um, gosh, whether it was church basketball, church, yeah. which is probably the most dangerous basketball. There's nothing more dangerous That's than what a, I've heard. Oh like, church gosh. leagues are the, like nastiest. It is terrible. <laughs> it's like middle aged men. Uh, who are trying to play like they're in their prime, and usually like tempers are flaring, and yeah, so, uh, so yeah, whatever or softball or I just yeah. I've always loved playing sports. So you play twelve something. inch or sixteen inch? Sixteen uh, inch is like where you don't use gloves. So no, we play twelve inch. Okay. You ever played sixteen inch? I've not. It's fun. Like no gloves. Bases are like t-ball. Really? Really small. Do you play with a different bat? No, same bat. Okay. Yeah. Break your fingers. I'm about to say that. <laughs> if you're not careful. Yeah, that doesn't sound. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was always playing sports, and in, uh, my basketball coach, who I love, was really old school, but we never lifted weights. It was just all cardio, running. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was a string bean. Probably still am, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, in college, like, I just kind of lifted here and there. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was just kind of. Was the Turner Center here? Is that Turner was? Center was here. Yeah. Uh, Still looks the same. Uh, so, yeah. Needs, uh, yeah, so, you know, what I do, Nautilus machine. I don't know. I just kind of did what, what yeah. people did. Yeah. Uh, and I did that for the longest time. I started swimming some yeah. uh, just because I heard it was a good job, a good way to stay in shape. Yeah. So I was always doing something like that. Uh-huh. And then I got into running uh, when I was an intern and even in seminary, ran like a half marathon and stuff uh-huh. like that. So I was always doing some kind of activity i'm not sure how great it was but so once you got to oxford how did you find the gym was it right away so when i was in starkville my last let's see last three or two years i i don't even remember how somebody talked me into trying out crossfit uh and uh there's a place called taylormade over there uh I started somewhere else, but then Taylor made bought it out. These are CrossFit gyms. CrossFit gym, uh, and uh, it was one of those first time I went. I thought I was going to die. Uh, I like could not walk for the next. Not because like I got hurt, but I just never. Honestly, I think first day we had to do Fran, um, yeah. which I didn't even know what was going on. And uh, but you know I was going to give it my all, and uh, that that was a terrible decision. And uh, but. I had a friend who was going with me, and so that kept me going. Yeah. And uh, and then by the time, really, in Starville, a little bit like here, there just ended up being a group of us that would go at the 5.30 class, and yeah. uh, we called ourselves the West Wing because we worked out on this one side, and we just had fun, and yet it was also challenging. And, yeah. uh, and so for about a year and a half, I guess is when I started getting into it. Mm-hmm. So, 
So when you first walked into that gym, what, uh, what was initially going through your head? Because you like kind of walk into a CrossFit gym and you don't see the machines. You just just rings hanging from the ceiling. Yes. Barbells, weights. Yeah. It's just kind of intimidating. Oh, I was uh, terribly insecure and intimidated. I, I still remember when I first walked in, there was a guy who had... He'd obviously showed up like a few minutes early, and he was um, he was large uh, and was screaming and doing like uh, hang clings, you know, and like just dropping these weights. And I just remember thinking like, okay, this is not for me. Uh, uh. So yeah, very intimidated. Uh, but to me, that was one of the biggest hurdles. Like one of the biggest hurdles for me was realizing. Nobody cares. Like, I, yeah. it was all in my head. Like, nobody cared that I was doing little to no weight. Uh, uh, people were just glad I was there. And so, really, the biggest hurdle was getting over my own insecurity that these, uh, you know, they were like just females destroying me in there, <laughs> uh, which, was, which was great, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but realizing, like, man, people just wanted me to be safe and, and, to, uh, and to get better. And so... That took about a month for me to get over my own insecurities, and then yeah, that's a big thing. People always say like, "Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that." But it's like you can do that, but you don't have to do that. That's like, right. There's a way to scale it down. There's always alternatives. That, and that's what I ended up loving was there was always sure if you can't do handstand push-ups, like they figured out something else that yeah. you could do to, to work towards there. So yeah. that's what I loved. Mm-hmm. So when you started, what was your goal? <sighs> Man, I. I mm, I'm not even sure I had it. I, my goal when I started was to uh, was to survive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really was like, I think if I can if I can stay with this for like four weeks, uh, I think I'll stick with it. And this mm-hmm. those first two weeks, man, yeah, it was it was not fun getting out of bed. Yeah. And then it became then like little goals started forming. Like, oh, okay, I really I never did Olympic lifts or anything like that, and so. The other thing I appreciate about CrossFit, this is true in Starkville, like Chase Taylor was the coach. He's a great coach. He would, he'd watch your form, like, he'd watch my form. He would teach me how to hang clean. Yeah. And, because I, I never did. Like, I need somebody watching me. And I, yeah. there's always, people always told me you're going to get hurt. Uh, but I went and, uh, I had a friend who's a physical therapist and I asked him that and I said, okay, tell me, is like CrossFit going to get hurt? And he said, man, he said, CrossFit, you're going to enter in CrossFit just like you do in any other intense. He says it's an intense athletic thing. Like, of course, there's anytime you're doing intense athletics, you could get hurt. But he said most people get hurt because they don't listen to their body, and they try to do things. Uh, they try to push through things when something's hurting, or they just they don't care about form. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. And so I just have tried to listen to my body and tried to um, make sure that coaches are watching my form. Mm-hmm. So. So when you moved to Oxford, how did you wind up at our gym? So when I came to Oxford, I'd done CrossFit for two years, and I decided to take a break, and I did Orange Theory for like six months. I signed up for their six-month thing. What went into that decision? Uh, That's kind of a weird... Yeah. My sister-in-law had told me about it, and I think they gave me like a gift certificate. <laughs> and so I just decided yeah. to try it. Uh, and I... I mean, it was, like it's a great cardio... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like if you want to burn calories yeah. and do cardio, it's great. Uh, but it after, get kind of boring. Yes, after about a month, I mean, everybody kind of walks in there like a zombie. You don't really talk to each other, yeah. uh, and it's just you're either in a treadmill row or some kind of lightweight 
I, yeah, I just got bored, mm-hmm. uh, and I missed the weights, and I missed the community, and so then in January, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going back to CrossFit. So, mm-hmm. so how did you find Blue Shark and so Oxford CrossFit? Uh, I actually visited both, and uh, the my one visit at um, gosh, what was it called at the time? Max Oxford? or Max Stream? Max, oh, yeah. Max, Max or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, Max Stream. I don't know. I, I think it was Haley or maybe it was Matt Haig. I can't remember, but I I just really appreciated the coaching. Like I could tell, like they are going to program, they're going to watch me, they're going to correct form, and so I ended up there. Mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. And I had a friend named Jim Davis who who brought yeah. me. Yeah, uh, Jim. Jim. Uh, Jim told me he goes to five thirty all the time uh and he showed up the one time i came the first time and then he never showed up again so where was jim lied to me he uh <laughs> yeah i don't remember him at the five thirty much <laughs> yeah he came about two more times he's like yeah so yeah so all right so you get to our gym yep um wh- yeah what did you like about it uh Besides, yeah, besides, like, you said, like, Haley and Matt were really good. Yeah. Like, was the community, like, did the community draw you to it? Oh, definitely some of it. I mean, uh, Sam was there. Okay. Uh, Sam's, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a fearless leader. Uh, <laughs> and I remember meeting you. I mean, even that community takes a while. I mean, everybody was welcoming, but you... Yeah, it takes a while. You just, like, okay, I, gotta, I gotta keep showing up and getting to know people, and... Uh, but even after about a month, I felt like I started getting to know people yeah. and realized there was a consistent You group. were a lot quieter when you started. What happened? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you just, you know. I realize Have you always I'm, been like that? I realize I'm the new guy. Like you got you to gotta earn, your, you gotta yeah. earn your right to, uh, to be there. So. so is that like how you were on the basketball court? Like, you just like to talk to people and get in the head? <laughs> See, what the podcast world doesn't know is I've gotten in Connor's head. We had this uh, this competition last, uh, a few weeks ago, and I beat him three to one. And I played all these mental games with him. So, uh, the best thing to me was when we were cleaning, and he came up to me and you're like, "Hey, if you ever need some pointers on some form, I got you." Like, yeah. I can see the wheel is there, but he physically got me beat. But you got a long way to go mentally. Thirty eight year old knows how to play mental games. Uh, no, I didn't like talk craft or stuff playing basketball, but I. I've always I probably talk too much honestly. I've just always loved getting to know people and yeah. encouraging people and so to me it's more fun if Enneagram apparently I'm an Enneagram seven, which is an enthusiast which like just wants I don't even know what that means. So it's like a personality test. A seven is an enthusiast which means you just always want people a part of what you're doing. So that makes sense. So now that you've been doing it for a couple of years what are your goals now in CrossFit? I mean, the main goal is, I'm 38, I have three kids. Uh, I mean, my main goal is to stay somewhat healthy, strong, so that I can play with my kids, and whether that's sports or throwing my, you know, throwing my kids up in the air, and, and I mean, gosh, I work with college students, like, be able to keep up with them, and, so, I mean, that's the main goal, uh, is... Just have a healthy, strong lifestyle. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to enter competitions or anything. I think it's incredible when people do. But, yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, that's not on my goal. Do you so. think you ever will? Like anything? I doubt it. I mean, the Open's a competition. Okay. That but counts. 
But see, this is Dave. The only re- this is the first time I did the open. And the only reason I did the open was uh, because Sam basically it was a team thing, and they're yeah. like, "Come on, join us." So yeah. if, you, if you invite me on a team, it's fun. Like it, Friday it was nights fun. are fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, there were a couple times during the workout. I would say it wasn't fun. Uh, the workout yeah. itself, but uh, but it was definitely fun. So that team kind of thing is fun, but yeah, I, to me, the amount of time that you got to commit to do something like competition, which yeah. probably, I probably won't do. It, so. Yeah. So what drives you to be so encouraging to everybody all the time? Uh, man, I know I needed it when I first came. I mean, yeah. like, uh, and there, there's something of fact. Uh, there's something of fact of like, I think this is some of the beauty of CrossFit. You really do, like, you do things that you would not otherwise do if you were alone. Like, there's there's just plenty of workouts that I would have quit. Like, if I was in my garage, there's some people that have the discipline they could, like, do a friend by themselves. Yeah. I would quit. I'd be like, this is too hard. But there's something about when you're looking around, there's people with you, and Josh is doing it, and Clayton's doing it, and they're not stopping, and, and somebody's saying, keep going, Brian. Like, it, I don't know, it just, you're able to do things in community that otherwise wouldn't wouldn't do. And, uh, and so... I don't know. I like to just try to yeah. help people keep going. So Has I cross- like to make people laugh too. So yeah. <laughs> Has CrossFit changed your lifestyle at all? Uh, like eating wise, stuff like that. I, I it's definitely changed my lifestyle, and uh, it's helped me have better sleep patterns. Um, yeah. Kind of more consistent. I think more consistent, which I say, really, even this last year, I've realized is a lot more beneficial than I gave. I think I. I naively said I could function all five to six hours of sleep, uh, which I actually was not healthy and wasn't functioning well. And so, yeah, it's just helped me have a more consistent sleep pattern. Um, uh, I've been much more just regular about working out. There's something about same time every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, eating, I wish I could say yes, but uh, <laughs> I could do a lot better in that, but Probably another reason I work out is so that I can eat blue bell ice cream every night. <laughs> Basically, what my dad does. <laughs> so uh, he said, "He said, quote, I'm one of those people that likes to out train my diet." <laughs> yes, that's pretty much. Uh, I eat a lot of cinnamon toast crunch and uh, and, oh, yeah. and blue bell ice cream. Uh, What's kind of cool about it is at least it makes you consciously aware yes. of it, which is the first step. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, and so I, I'll tell you the back. I mean, there's stuff like I never used to make like kale protein smoothies until I did you know I mean yeah. so like you know I have like a Nutribullet and that, what I have yeah. for breakfast every time is I make a smoothie of like mm-hmm. kale carrots so stuff like that I take it back yes mm-hmm. like I I probably would not have started thinking through stuff like that yeah. so so what does the future hold for you man uh, do you ever see yourself starting a church uh that intimidates me but maybe one day I, um, I like meeting people I like I like meeting people that aren't involved with the church or have real mm-hmm. questions about Jesus or my favorite are uh, people who think they're too bad for Jesus because, mm-hmm. like, man, that's all of us, man. We're all a mess. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and Jesus loves really messy people. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've wondered about planting a church sometime. Uh, but It's got to be one of the harder startups. Yeah, I've had a few friends do it, and it's, it seems pretty pretty hard. Yeah, I'm starting from scratch. In Kentucky. Tried to do it in Kentucky. Yeah. Who did one of my, uh, my uncle. Oh man, yeah. So, so yeah, maybe one day. I hope we're here for another dinner, yeah, for another three to five years. 
I'd like to not move my family again. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you is why did you want to come back and work with college students? Why not, like, younger kids, middle school kids, adults? Yeah, uh, I would say a couple things. One, which we kind of mentioned, I think there really is something about eight, the demographic of 18 to 22-year-olds. Like, I think um, there's a maturity uh, that they really are starting to ask questions. Um, they really are starting to say, Man, what do I really believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this even true? Uh, I think a lot of a lot of us you look through college and there's just patterns that I'm starting that either good or bad. Uh, I find college students kind of willing to be honest. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, I'm just always curious about college students. And I yeah. really enjoy them. I, I connect with them. Uh, and I remember this. I, I had a lot of free time in college. I didn't think I did. I thought I was really busy. Uh, uh, you're much more disciplined. I would never have shown up at a 530 uh, mm. class. But, you know, all my friends now, like, we're 38. Like, we all have jobs. And like you, most 38-year-olds aren't going to sit down with a pastor at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to just mm. talk about what's going on in their life. But college mm. students do it all the time because they got, they got time. And so, yeah, just the ability to sit with people when they're making a lot of big decisions and a lot of times struggling with failures and things like that and to get to be there and love them and so yeah there's something really interesting to what you just said because like for me if you would have told 18 year old me hey and for when you're 22 you're going to be podcasting you're going to be working out at five in the morning yeah. and like waking up at four four sometimes to like do stuff i'd have been like please <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, yeah. And here you are. Like, it's just, yeah, like, there's something to be said about those years, those, like, 18 to 22. I mean, probably more like 18 to 25. Like, yeah. Your 20s, oh. you know. Yep. I think it's very formative. Yeah. So, uh, and college teacher is fun. I mean. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for doing this with me. Absolutely, man. This is awesome. So. At least five minutes of material you can pull out of there. So. <laughs> I think we'll get a little more than that. Yeah. Good. All right. Thanks, Brian. Enjoyed it, Connor. Thank you all for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed episode 48 of this show. We'll see you next time on the Before You Podcast. Have a great day.